Although no-code products are simpler in that you don't have to battle with all the layers of complexity with all the different unrelated abstractions and that kind of thing, um, there's still a lot of complexity. Like if you're trying to build, if you're trying to build a really useful app, then probably there's a lot of complexity in there somewhere that you're hiding from your users. Once upon a time, there were tens of thousands of makers struggling. Every day they built for hours and hours but didn't ship and didn't earn enough income. One day, the No Code Wealth podcast and newsletter came to help them find the way. Because of this, makers became founders and earned the money they deserve. Because of this, founders can have growth, freedom, and wealth until tomorrow No Code becomes the next big skill that changes the future of humanity. That's what I'm all about. Hello, my name is Abdulaziz, and from an ethical hacker to a European Ivy League business graduate with a master's of science in entrepreneurship, to a hypnotherapist, to a growth marketer, I've lost everything twice, but I refuse to give up. So now I'm rebuilding my life one more time, one percent a day. The No Code Wealth podcast and newsletter are for the makers and founders who have the proactivity, perspective, and persistence to go on this journey with me and get the answers about money, marketing, and mindsets so that makers become earners, earners become founders, and founders get freedom and create wealth. And thank you all so much for the support. This podcast now is ranking nicely on Apple in the entrepreneurship category top 200 in san francisco top 100 in australia top 60 in germany top 50 in the united kingdom top 50 in spain top 50 in the netherlands top 30 in sweden and top 25 in italy and i reached a total of 150 episodes on both my podcast with 120 interview episodes published in 50 days so please keep supporting keep rating reviewing subscribing and sharing and if you are interested in my mentoring services to help with your business goals especially when it comes to marketing networking as well as podcasting finding your podcast uniqueness reaching out to great guests getting ranked on apple conducting interesting interviews podcast promotion and much more email me to mentor at storybonding.com m-e-n-t-o-r at storybonding.com or message me on twitter at no code wealth my dms are open let's begin a conversation my guest today is marty Lindsay. marty began his first it experience learning basic on apple 2E in 1984, then received an undergrad degree in psychology and physics from the University of Auckland, New Zealand. He has been working on IT side projects since 1998, gave it a lot of focus from 2003, tried many, many things and failed, as we all do. That's the name of the game when it comes to entrepreneurship, until he had some success with the iGoogle platform. Google Gadgets and AdSense. 
He even made enough money for a house deposit. Making money while he slept was very exciting and fulfilling for him. He used to look forward to waking up each morning to check the AdSense console. Marty is a coder who prefers no code. And although in the last 18 months, he relearned to code using the Ember framework and made a lot of progress, he found it to be too slow and trying to fit it in in the gaps of his busy life wasn't effective in creating momentum. That's why he moved to no code as he can ship faster, simplify the process, and just focus on the business logic of the app. Now he's working on Roaster Body App, an automatic shore roaster for housemates. The landing page is ready. Finish it. He's finishing off the back end. And since he learned about building in public, he has been sharing his experiences and building his audience. Marty, how are you today? I'm very good, thank you. I am happy, excited, and looking forward to this episode. And let's begin with something interesting. And this is the question that I have. When it comes to building your app, what has been on your mind lately that either is a problem or something that you want to focus on and put as a priority when it comes to the app that you're working on, Roaster Buddy app, or any other project? Yeah, I think with this particular one, because it's a, like a SaaS app, like a multi-user, multi-tenant app, I think it's critical to get the security correct. Like all you need is one security breach and you've, you've ruined your customer's day, which is the biggest problem. But also really importantly, you've, you've broken the trust in your entire product. So, um, Thank yeah, you. Of- and when it comes to security, are there any solutions out there that you can use or plug in to take care of the security of a multi-user app such as yours? Yeah, I've um, I've selected to keep my um, hosting and tooling uh, selection as small as possible. I've just gone all in with Bubble as the as the uh, platform provider. So they have some pretty good features in there. Like all of their um, passwords are not stored. Uh, in a way that can be accessed by even me. I, I have, would have no idea what the passwords are of the customers because it's managed separately. Um, they've got a really good uh, tool set to do with um, privacy rules. So you have really granular control um, about who can access which data. Um, it's really easy to set up roles. So I've, I've set up, say, an app admin, which is myself for the entire um, SaaS app itself. I, I've got team admin roles and I've got team member roles so it's really easy to map those different roles to different parts of the, the data set and it's also really easy to map those roles to different UI components so someone who doesn't have the right level of privilege can't even see um, parts of the user interface so yeah, it's really good like that. Thank you and Marty to focus on the app a bit more how did the idea come to birth like what happened? Was there a specific situation or a specific place or something you read or experienced that launched you on this path? This yeah, this particular app idea. Um, like I'm a I'm a um, a father of three kids. Um, in our household, there's there's five of us, my my wife and I and our kids. Um, 
and I predominantly manage the allocation of different housework jobs. Um, I guess it's called housework in New Zealand and maybe chores in other other regions. But so every week I've been manually adding a list of chores to a spreadsheet and writing different names of my kids against those chores, printing it out, and then um, inevitably having to walk around and remind various people uh, to do certain things or check with them of the status of certain things. Um, because no one likes doing chores, but also no one likes living in a, in a dirty house. So it's something that affects pretty much every family on the planet um, who's in some shared housing environment. Things need doing. They don't necessarily want to be done. It can be annoying for everyone to have that face-to-face kind of reminding or asking or pestering. So um, I basically wanted to solve a problem for myself. I knew if I um, solve a problem that I desperately wanted to solve, you know, to make it easier to manage, uh, then I'm the first customer. I've got that super short feedback loop. I know straight away during the testing whether this is going to work for me or not, whether reminders are automated, whether tasks are automatically allocated, that kind of thing. Anything that's clunky in the UI, I, I notice straight away. Like it's a really small sample size, but I know that even if I um, even if I succeed at this and get no customers signing up for the app, I'll, I'll still be quite pleased because I've made my life easier. And I think most likely, if I can create a streamlined, nice-looking, secure product that works well for me, it's it's pretty likely there are a lot of other people that have similar requirements out there and um, would probably get on board. I like that. And I love that you're solving your own urgent problem. And like you said, you are using an Excel sheet in order to allocate the housework, correct? That's the name you said is used in New Zealand. Yes. Yeah. So the housework, and then it's uh, you want to avoid those uncomfortable conversations of people not living up to the allocated promises or housework or their share of the house activities and chores because nobody likes a dirty house like you said. And therefore, by doing this project and creating something secure, sleek, and that doesn't lag in the UI and is a pleasure to use, at least you're solving your own problem. And I imagine there are notifications to your kids to almost pester them to do (laughs) what they're supposed to do (laughs) until it's ticked off so that instead of them getting notifications from Instagram or uh, TikTok or whatever, they will be getting them from you and the app and maybe a stern face showing up (laughs) to tell them to do what they're supposed to do. And if you had this problem, you feel that at least other people, if you create a a great product, other families who are living together in such an arrangement where the kids have their own housework to do, they will benefit. Is this correct? Yes, that's right. Um, Because pretty much it's, uh, I guess it's an engineering type problem, like mapping work items to people um, and uh, say scheduling and the determining whether tasks are in a complete state or not complete state, those are all things that computers are good at. 
Um, so it makes sense to automate the boring stuff. And so it's eminently doable. I know with um, with Bubble, uh, only recently I was fairly new to Bubble, so I was unsure of its capabilities. So I had several ideas that I could have chosen from. I, I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast has a big list of things they might work on soon. Um, but I, I started off in Bubble just making sure that I could quickly whip up something that was at least I was 80% confident that the features available in the product could implement, you know, the features I wanted. Um, So once I was at that stage that I thought, yeah, I'm pretty sure I can get this done with this tool, then I stopped working on the tool itself and started working on the landing page because I knew that it would be wise to, you know, try and spend at least as much time on the marketing or the you know, publicizing side of the project as the building side. Because I've come through an engineering type background, it's, it's you know, I guess the fun part for engineers is the building. So it's always a risk for probably engineer founders that they spend too much time on building and maybe get a great product but have no distribution channel. So uh, once I got the landing page up and running and was collecting um contact details for people, then I moved back to building the product again. Thank you. And so to make sure your app has models in it that will distribute the work automatically and do that kind of modeling by itself. And there is an algorithm and everything. Is this correct? That is correct. That that part of it is not complete. I was, I was breaking the back of that work yesterday, in fact. So yeah, it's nothing too complicated, just some um, loops and uh, allocations. And I guess the main the main benefit of it is that humans don't have to spend time mapping tasks to people. Um, but I'm expecting that most people say, I mean, this could be used in a family situation or it could be used in a, in a house where adults are sharing accommodation, you know, paying a portion of the rent together. So I think in both those situations, people will be interested in work being quite evenly distributed. So a lot of the logic in the back end is is around trying to evenly map workload. So, you know, the members of the team are, are happy that they're getting their fair share of work. Yes, their fair share of work. And in this moment... I had a guest before with the name of Harris Robin Kalash. You might be interested to go speak with him as he's a coding bootcamp uh, instructor and he's a lover of no code. And he uses Webflow and has a full stack where he has training to give you the power of code only using no code tools and have very complex kind of things happen using no code. And he it says you can recreate exactly or almost exactly, but to more than 99% of Airbnb, for example, without writing a single line of code or very, very few. So maybe to help your project, you might speak with him and check what he's up to. But okay, I love your what you're speaking about, about the engineering side and everything. Let's forget all that. Let's say there is a magical fairy who can distribute work evenly and perfectly. And let's focus on the benefits so that I can 
give you exactly the marketing messaging that will work best. And I will ask a few things. One, you have this situation, you are with the family, and therefore that is your prime point of reference. But let's imagine in an ideal world where the core functionality is there, it doesn't have to be about house chores, who in the world would be the person or the group of people who will benefit most and really, really need this today? And let's not only speak about housemates, because sometimes we have to zoom out to make sure we're zooming into the right place, and it's perfect to do it right now. Let's say in the whole world, whether it's uh, from machinery to uh, factories uh, to uh, places where I I know you live near Australia, where there is a lot of uh, gold mining and all kinds of work like that. I don't know. Schools doing their homework uh, sharing or teams or any kind of thing. Who in your heart right now would seem to be most in need of such a solution? Yeah, I've certainly been focusing down in in the weeds, so to speak, regarding my specific use case. But yeah, I guess this the concept of evenly and automatically allocating workload items could could well apply to use cases well outside the household. Um, I I think any group situation where there's a team working together on some work activities. Um, there's often one person who's in charge of allocating that work. Um, like in the household, it's in the household it's common, commonly one person who probably has the threshold a bit lower of how dirty your house should be, or how dirty it could get, or um, how long between cleaning cycles it should be. Is it every week? Is it every? 10 days, that kind of thing. So I know that in the household, there's, with multiple people, always going to be different expectations and different thresholds. So I, I in, in this scenario, I've been trying to um, target that one person in a household who's, I guess, the most invested or the most annoyed or having to do the most reminding because I figure that that person will be the most likely to pay a monthly fee to remove the burden. So yeah, I haven't really thought too much about um, use cases above that, but I guess a more generic product like this could apply to a lot of um, industries where you have teamwork and you want to allocate things and remind them. So it's pretty broad. Yeah, actually, if you targeted project managers and say that you bring fairness to the team because they have a lot of possible politics and problems of people thinking, oh, I am doing more work than that other person or whatever, if there is a way to show them that the leader of the team is not even making the decision, the algorithm is doing it and that it's guaranteed fairness, that can help the morale and motivation of teams. And this can become a B2B kind of thing that you get paid a lot more for. But first, where is your heart? Because it's not about like maximizing money and that's it. But it's about speaking from a place where you believe in your marketing because you believe in the value you provide. So it could be true that housework is the right place. So 
you know, what does your heart tell you? Yeah, I'm always pretty keen to uh, speak from an area of expertise. So like, I because I live in a house and I do housework and I have to manage some of that, I know at least something about that topic. I know less about um, business-to-business processes, um, although I've been in, you know, I've been full-time employed for decades, so I know a lot about how businesses work. But at this stage, I guess my focus for this particular product is really, um, I'm intending that this is one of multiple, right? This is where I can learn the end-to-end process of, of product development and marketing and pitching it to the right level and SEO and, you know, all that good stuff. There's like a hundred things on this list because um, with Bubble, it's in particular, it's fairly easy once you have a working product to make a copy of that and then make changes from there. So a lot of the work to date has been um, that kind of boilerplate stuff about user management and team management and notifications and schedules and things. So a lot of that is fairly um, shared between a lot of, say, to-do apps or, you know, apps like that. So this, for me, the goal is a stepping stone to get something uh, functional, good-looking, secure, and to get some paid customers. So that will be success for me. Um, if I can cover my costs for hosting, that I, I'll consider that a big win because I know that the next products, um, it's going to be a lot quicker to market from there. So th- I guess that's what I'm excited about for this one. Thank you. And, you know, I'll continue to ask different angles before focusing on this because I want to make sure it's the path that is not just the easy path, but it's the most profitable both in experience in goodwill, in value, and of course, financially. So then, your experience in building all these scheduling algorithms and security, etc. Let's say you taught this to other makers, that experience that you're learning, which is pretty unique. To whom would this be most valuable? To what kind of other app makers would the experience you're gaining and what you're learning, I'm not speaking of something generic, more like SEO or whatever, but the specific security, allocation, etc. Yeah, I've certainly learned a lot recently. Um, yeah, I've been pondering that as well, because it's nice to get the most value out of your process, because at the end of this, there'll be a product, um, which is one form of value that people will pay for. But yeah, you're totally right. Um, and I'm fairly good at writing, you know, through my work experience, I'm fairly good at writing clear, um, concise um, documentation with good diagrams, um, yada, yada. So I've been testing a bit with Twitter um, recently, kind of publishing some of the um, techniques I've learned. And that's um, gone fairly well. So I think... Probably the audience for this is going to be quite bubble-specific to start with because a lot of the, um, you know, you come across a lot of little problems when you're building anything with a fairly new tool. And once you work out to do it, that's a useful um, bit of information. So, yeah, I've been pondering whether I should create um, information products along the side, 
training material, that kind of thing. But um, it's tricky. Like when you're working full time, building the product itself uses up any scraps of spare time you have. So <laughs> it's always that juggle, isn't it? Unless unless they go all in on on uh, side projects, so to speak, it's uh, it's hard to find the time to kind of push multiple angles. And I've been wanting to try and focus on success in one distribution channel before I kind of spread myself too thinly. And that's one of the benefits that I, of why I went to NoCode, because I started off, like you said in the intro, um, coding and using Ember. Ember is a great framework, um, and people should use it if they want to keep coding. Um, but it was just it was just so slow. Um, because I don't know if your uh, viewers have seen that website at roadmap.sh, but it's a graphical map of all the components or, and all the layers and abstractions you need to master for, say, front-end and back-end and DevOps in order to have an end-to-end coded product. And I found that although it's possible to learn all that stuff in your spare time, and you can do it very cheaply, um, you just lose so much momentum and you get to 80% complete on a product and the stuff you've learned along the way means you discover you've still got 60% left to do. So you never quite get there. So yeah, that's why I moved to my no code. So hopefully that um, move will also free up a lot of spare time to try and pursue some other marketing channels and uh, some other products. You, and you're very correct that focus is essential, but in reality and the truth is we're not the judges of what to focus on. It's about first trying different things and seeing where there is resonance and then focusing on that, if you know what I mean. It's yeah. like the people or the channel will tell you what to focus on, which is, look, okay, I will ask something totally out of left field. Sure. You said with Ember you finish 80% and learn so many things along the way that you discover you have 60% left to do. Is this correct? Yeah, yeah that's certainly how it feels. And I'm, I'm sure that if I then started working on that remaining 60%, I'd get 80% through that and then find there was another 60% left because there's just, Wonderful. There's just more Which and is, more. Yes, but there is in marketing something called making the skeletons dense which is taking negatives and turning them into the selling point, which sometimes can work wonderfully. Well, is the Ember community as well? Okay, I'm not even going to speak about no code, but the Ember framework community, is it alive and well and kicking and active and dynamic? Yeah, it's, it's great. The, um, the people involved in the Ember community, because it's not a framework that's say owned or sponsored by a large company like say Facebook it's a real community led um, initiative um, so everyone involved in the um, online community seems really passionate about publicizing the product making it better they've got a really good um, story about uh, how it should come with sensible defaults um, so I know with um say React, you have to have a lot of um, bolt-on components to do different things like data management and state management and things, but you get a lot of that out of the box with Ember. That's why I chose it initially, because I was re-entering, kind of relearning how to 
code using modern techniques and I wanted a lot of sensible defaults built in because I knew it would be a challenge. Um, and I was happy I made that choice. But um, yeah, unfortunately, just due to the demands of um, full-time work, I needed kind of more, more progress, really, more momentum. Yeah. Thank you. And look, I, I'm here to help you in every way and I think in a different way. I don't think, okay, you came to me with this app, I will find the right marketing and I can and it's wonderful and we will. But I'm thinking, where is the most value, the most uniqueness, the most power you can have in the marketplace rather than, you know, settling for less if there is. And you said something which is truly unique. You said that you have the ability to distill and turn processes and things you learn into uh, graphs and uh, visual processes and things like that that people can learn from and follow. Can you speak a bit more about that? And is this something that uh, enough people were telling you, wow, that is so valuable, thank you? Yeah, I, um, I've been working full-time in IT for uh, quite a while, like since 1996. So I've progressed through a bunch of um, a bunch of roles in that time, systems engineering and project management and architecture, uh, product ownership. So I've got quite a broad um, range of uh, workplace-related skills. A lot of that has, over time, lent itself more to uh, reading and writing, especially in the architecture space. So you know, um, having a good process to understand the nature of a problem, trying to come up with some viable options for target states and um, navigating how to get from the current state to the final state. A lot of that um, requires writing some good uh, documentation and diagrams. So certainly I've got a lot of work experience that I can apply to side projects. Yeah, so for now I'm just kind of... So you are a specialist on documentation and creating work diagrams, is it correct? That's part of my role. I don't know if I'd say I'm a specialist in it, but I I have enough skills to do a fairly good job at that kind of thing, yeah. Okay, and let's say there was no delay. You can be someone working on a project for five years instead of trying to build momentum. <laughs> <laughs> Which one would you focus on, Ember? or no code, which one do you feel you can say a lot more about when it comes to documentation and visual diagramming? And don't worry, I'm not like saying you should stop what you're working on, but like you said, there is a place where for the same amount of time, you can be paid better for your time and add more value to the world in exchange, and you can do all the other stuff at the same time, and we'll speak about it. But let's explore this because I feel a bit of hesitation in you as if, as if you're saying, well, yes, I'm good at it, but that's not really the focus right now. Well, it, this is the right place to refocus <laughs> and find a new angle that will get you to an even higher height and better place to be. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Airbnb, they didn't begin in the a rental of uh, spaces they 
pivoted three times or many, many other companies, they didn't begin doing what they were doing, but they found something better. So that's why I'm focusing because I hear and sense there is something even better, more powerful, more unique that can put you as a true expert in the eyes of the marketplace. And that's a place where any project you come up with, people will buy into just because it's you, which is even mm-hmm. more powerful kind of marketing than uh, we, when you add to it, of course, the right messaging and everything, you take it to the next level. But you being seen as an expert and showing expertise consistently is like, wow, this person, I don't know exactly what project they're working on. Like Elon Musk, he can make like a dog poop kind of a <laughs> new company and it will yeah. become a, a billion do- dollar yeah, <laughs> business easily yeah. just because it's him. So I'm trying to turn you into Elon Musk of somewhere. So, let's oh, no, don't. <laughs> so please tell me. Um, can you get back to your, sorry, your original question? Was it whether I would... Um... No, no. Ember or no code, when it comes to documentation ability, which place do you feel or think you have a lot more value you can add and a lot more possibility to create much more documentation? Yeah, I think it would be no code, definitely. I mean, the only, the or rather the first no code product I've been working with is Bubble, and I'm I'm pretty confident I'll stick with it. Um. Yeah, because uh, although no-code products are simpler and that you don't have to battle with all the layers of complexity with all the different unrelated abstractions and that kind of thing, um, there's still a lot of complexity. Like if you're trying to build, if you're trying to build a really useful app, then probably there's a lot of complexity in there somewhere that you're hiding from your users. Um, and a good phrase I heard the other day was that the complexity has to live somewhere. So if it's useful, it's going to be complex and it'll have all the necessary complexity to implement that value and hopefully none of the unnecessary complexity that comes with a, a super complicated coded app. And because Bubble is is hiding a lot of that complexity for you, which is great. Because ultimately the customers don't care how complex complex your stack is. They don't care how smart you are. They just want the product to work well. So yeah, it would definitely be no code I'd be writing about. Thank you. And let's imagine in a hypothetical scenario that you'd use no code and the apps you make not to make the money and cover your hosting costs, but any passion projects you have you work on And instead of only building in public, maybe you'll have a paid newsletter with a free tier, maybe like half of the thing, you publish it every week or you publish once a month, one free edition, and then people pay to receive documentation of what you learned and mastered as well as a visual process for it. And instead of trying to finish the apps as soon as possible, you take as your sweet long time, (laughs) but each time, each week, maybe you publish a rich documentation in no code on solving some problem when it comes to whatever app you're working on. And of course, you finish your own app right now and you learn about marketing and you learn about SEO and you share all that. 
and then you build another app and you don't even care whether there are customers for it or not. So it's liberating. But what you care about is what you will learn, document and teach that other founders can use in order to handle that complexity of no code that is necessary to build something useful. Is this something that could be attractive to you? Yeah, I think it is because um, uh, way back when in the probably 2005, I think I came across the term of multiple sources of passive income. And that was the, um, that really stuck with me at the time because I, I was doing lots of experiments. And although the income I was getting for side projects back then ended up mostly in, from one source, which was from Google AdSense, it was still the goal to have multiple sources so although um although writing documentation isn't passive per se there is kind of a relatively small effort up front and then that content carries on existing like you can keep generating revenue from a resource like that because you always have new people finding it and subscribing to it so yeah i think i will ponder that a bit more because um like you say, if I'm having to work out how to do particular tasks to solve problems for my app, it's not too much more effort to write that up well and have um, have a separate information product. That's a good plan. Yes, and it's very valuable, especially that your um, roster body app is absolutely wonderful. And that's a great place that every father or someone like you said who has a low tolerance for dirt in their house, they will get it instantly when you say what you said. Look, this app will allow you to have a clean house by doing this. One, it will automate the boring stuff, which is the distribution of chores or housework and the reminders, etc. And second, it will ensure fairness so that kids cannot complain and say, oh my God, uh, XYZ is doing less than me or why? No, it's an impartial third party. Three, yeah. it will use that notification thing where their phones are always in their hands to make sure to remind them and pester them to um, do their work so that you don't have to have that uncomfortable conversation of either needing to stop your work and going to remind them, which is cuts your productivity and focus. Or second, needing to tell them they didn't do their housework, which brings unnecessary negativity and animosity into the household. Uh, well, in reality, yeah. they don't have to hate you. They can hate, um, they can hate the app. <laughs> the app. <laughs> yes, yeah. so that can be even the tagline. So that is, I mean, it was really a great way to express it. And you can use this in your page, what I'm giving you already, but it's because it's so valuable already. It doesn't need much investigation, but the other stuff is much more because this is what's happening. Like you said, founders and makers come to the no-code community and they think, oh my God, this is going to be so simple and not complex and easy. But if they want to build good and valuable and useful apps that they will get paid for and realize their dreams of entrepreneurship. They will need to deal with complexity and complexity is mm -hmm. hiding somewhere. So instead of being there lost in the uh, Twitterverse or online, trying to Google a solution to something and either receiving 
um, receiving an answer from someone pretending to know what they're doing or to receive nothing basically because their situation doesn't apply to what they will yeah. find. Yeah, you right. are there going through the pain of getting and experiencing the pain of the problem, finding the solution, and you're using your experience. You've been doing this from 1984 and you have a lot in architecture, like you said, and everything experience and wisdom and true proof that you know what you're talking about and you have to speak about this like show your credentials abilities and everything so they come to this newsletter and they can pay ten dollars per uh, month or 9.99 or whatever and four times per week they will find a useful solution to a problem a real life problem that you have experience in building your own apps using no code well by having access to that documentation and flow charts and uh, step by step when they will experience such a problem they will have an easy reference to solve it within minutes saving time headaches and having the ability to publish and ship and release their apps much uh, faster, as well as if they want to improve their skills, they will have exercises from you every week where they will follow your steps and look over your shoulder to solve the same problem. And therefore, they increase their skills, abilities, and IT understanding without needing to learn code, only using no code. So many ways you can make it as a two thing. One, you're teaching them IT thinking without needing to code. Because when yep. they will follow your documentation, they become much more competent IT thinkers and therefore they can build much better uh, stacks and um, apps. And secondly, when they face that problem, they have an expert solution documented well, step by step, ready for them to use. What do you think about this? Yeah, it does sound good. Because there's, um, there's a lot of principles that are well-known internally in say the IT industry about how to build applications that scale well like they perform well even under high load um, they're secure uh, they have some resilience built in if you lose part the other part doesn't break those kind of things but I expect that over the next few years as no code becomes more and more accessible that we're going to have a lot of um, kind of lay people joining the app building industry and they are not necessarily grounded in say good security practices for example so yeah there's probably room for a lot of value to be brought uh, to the no code community just to kind of I guess raise the standards or increase awareness about those principles yes and you'll be the go-to expert, which means whenever you release something, whether an app or anything, like I said, if Warren Buffett, also not just Elon Musk, he releases a book of like poetry and it's really bad poetry, still it will be a bestseller the next day <laughs> just because it's Warren Buffett. And yeah. we have to recognize this, that also, yes, great marketing is great and fantastic and I love it and it's very useful and it helps you with the SEO and the conversion and the landing pages and it's necessary. I'm not saying no. Like if if Warren Buffett wrote a magnificent poetry book, he will go into the history as one of the greatest people in the history of mankind. I'm not saying no, but if you had 
the ability to become the Warren Buffett, then even if you make some mistakes and fail sometimes, you won't fail. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what I'm saying is instead of like you said, you don't have time and I respect that. So half of the time, do what you can when it comes to app development and the other half documentation. And I will recommend because there is something called moving the free line, which is, well, release a few of your documentations for free to people just so that they get a taste. And then in the future, you can have either a newsletter or create PDFs and then have them like each selling for like $10 or whatever you need. I don't know what you'll be doing. You can use Substack to release your newsletter. And I recommend that because constant contact with people will keep you relevant and on top of mind so that they're always there. And you can get two tiers, like the free tier where people can get some nice goodies and keep in touch with them through your email. And you're not writing emails and at all. You don't even have to worry about that. You just release, say, okay, this is the documentation for this week that I've been working on. Enjoy, for example, that's the email. It doesn't have to be no. And uh, it can be like once a month for the free tier, they will get the full documentation. And then for the rest, they get only the first page. Only because, of course, people, you know, it's an exchange of value and your time is valuable. But okay, what do you think about this? And share more, like, how would this apply in your life? And is it realistic to create? Yeah, I think at the moment because I am still working through the nuts and bolts of solving actual problems and building the logic of this app, there is a lot of opportunity for me to kind of record what I'm doing as I go because there's a lot of, uh, like I said, boilerplate stuff I'm still working through. So yes, there's definitely opportunity at the moment in terms of content to start documenting that a bit more thoroughly. I guess time will tell over time. Like once I've got this app up and running and basically finished, I'll probably go into more of a, um, possibly more of a marketing mode or trying to, uh, like I do plan to have an easy facility within the app where customers can log a feature request or log a, say, a bug report, for example. So, I want to make sure that that's really easy. So I've always got a steady stream of, say, features that I can select from to work on. So that will probably always um, be the case. And even if this app gets into stable mode fairly soon, I'll be moving on to building something else. So, uh, yeah, I imagine it's yes, probably quite viable. Yes, and your people who are in your newsletter or any way you will choose, maybe a community or whatever, they can request, they can tell you, well, the problem I'm dealing most with is XYZ feature and it's a headache. And so you can say, okay, I will try to create that. And therefore, you know what I mean? You can even get a different kind of feature request, which is not from the users, but from the learners who are following your steps, you know? Yeah, true. Yeah. So it's another... um... It never ends, you know. In this world, it never ends unless you become Google. You always can build bigger and greater apps. And no, I hope this was useful because, yes, when I find that an idea is the best use of your time, 
I focus on its marketing, but you have a zone of genius in this documentation to people who are thirsty and hungry for it in the no-code space. And therefore, that is the best kind of marketing is when you give people something they're hungry for. Rather, I mean, of course, yes, people will love uh, the uh, Roaster Body app. That's uh, useful. But people really need the documentation and they will just jump on it. You know what I mean? Especially if you yeah. said what I said. And if you begin releasing bit by bit and releasing like a few pages, a few paragraphs, documenting it. And I recommend really begin your own news uh, letter. You can use Substack if you want to go the free route and then add Stripe so that people can pay or you can build your own solution and document that as well Yeah, with more complex kind of like email octopus or uh, one of those other email and newsletter builders. And thank you so much. I mean, we ha it feels like five minutes, but now it's 50. <laughs> Do you have yeah, any like thoughts or questions or anything like this? Uh, no, I don't know. I'm just, uh, I guess it's quite exciting. Um, I know no code's been around for a while, but it feels like it's really hitting its straps, say last year and um, and this year coming up. The maturity has got to, I think, a critical point where you can pretty much build anything you like. So I think it's an exciting time. Thank you so much. And if people want to check out your app or to follow you or to communicate with you, which places are the best for this? Um, probably Twitter is the best. Um, my handle, um, it might be on the link, but it is um, at Marty I will write Lindsay it in the description. Yeah, so Twitter is the best. At Marty Lindsay, at Marty Lindsay underscore NZ. And that's right. My DMs are open if you want to chat. Thank you so much. And for me as well, Twitter is the best. My DMs are open at No Code Wealth. So... See you there. And I wish you a great day. This was wonderful. And we have to do it again when you test and see the evolution. Maybe you will test the documentation and find that people are requesting a specific kind of app and suddenly you're inspired to create some other kind of app. Or maybe the idea of the Roaster Body app evolves into something else. And that's always a great place to explore. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks very much for the chat. It's been great. Mm -hmm.